Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Welcome to episode number 42 of The Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association and Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, the host of The Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. Thank you for downloading and listening. Today's episode is Damien Peach, the world astrophotographer, one of the best in the world. It's going to be an exciting little conversation we have. The Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomena and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in the quarterly publication known as the Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, also known as the Strolling Astronomer. This podcast depends upon donation, donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon by giving as little as a dollar a month. If you feel even more generous, $5 a month, you'll receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you'll receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you'll receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon.com slash Observer's Notebook. If you'd like to join the ALPO, you can for as little as $14 a year. You can... Find out more information at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And you can also find the ALPO on Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy. And yes, we also have a Facebook page, the Observer's Notebook. Just search for Observer's Notebook. If you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, please subscribe. That way you will never miss another episode of the Observer's Notebook. And now, enjoy the podcast. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Observer's Notebook podcast. We have a special guest today, Damien Peach, uh, the planetary astrophotographer. Welcome to the podcast, Damien. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah. Um, why don't you give everybody a little bit of background about yourself before we get into it? Well, um, I'm primarily a planetary observer, which I've been doing over the last 20 years or so. Uh, and as I say, my focus really is on imaging and observing the planets, uh, particularly uh, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. And th those have been my primary focuses over the course of my uh, astronomical career. Mm -hmm. And where are you located? I'm located in the United Kingdom. So I'm on the uh, I'm on right on the south coast of the UK. Okay, across the pond from us here. <laughs> yes. Yep. Great. How's the weather over there? Um, it's pretty chilly at the moment, obviously uh, being uh, winter time, uh, though not as chilly as uh, the weather that you've had in parts of the USA recently. Right. Um, but still, yeah, still pretty uh, miserable, to be honest. Yeah. Is that where you do most of your observing? Um, I'm quite fortunate to have observed um, both in person and remotely from uh, all manner of different locations around the world so these days a lot of my observing tends to be done overseas 
Okay. What what sparked your interest in astronomy, observing that type of thing? Um, it really uh, it really all kicked off at around the age of uh, nine, ten um, at school. I uh, just became interested in some of the books uh, they had in the library at school. They had these dramatic pictures of things like the Andromeda Galaxy and the Orion Nebula, uh, and it really kind of went on from there. It just kind of really captivated me as a, as a child, and it's stayed with me ever since, really. You remember the first time you ever looked through a telescope? Yeah, yeah, I can. I can remember some of the first things I looked at through through a telescope. Um, some of those m- memories are actually quite vivid. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can remember looking at things like Venus and Jupiter and Saturn, uh, and just being amazed that you could see these things through a. Uh, uh, a telescope from your own backyard. It's always fun to be at a star party and show someone Saturn for the first time, and you know the joy that they're seeing because yeah. you yeah, experienced absolutely. it way back then. Yeah. That's great. Now, astrophotography, what got you into that? Uh, it's it, it was really kind of wanting to try my hand at capturing what I could see. Um, I didn't really get into wanting to, to do photography until kind of the mid-'90s, um, it was really from, you know, my l- very late teens that I, I kind of started to play around with film uh, and things like that. Uh, and obviously, the very earliest CCD cameras started to come in around that time as well. So it was really around then that I, I kind of my hand started to move away from just kind of observing visually to wanting to try and capture uh, the objects that I was seeing. But you said you started with film, too. Yeah, yeah. Originally, I I tried my hand at film yeah. photography with various things. Yeah, digital makes it so much easier. <laughs> oh, it certainly does. Yeah. No, no dark rooms. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, a completely different world today. Yeah. It so, really do you have someone that inspired you when you got first got uh, involved with this? Yeah, I mean, with astrophotography, I think the person that most inspired me was uh, the long-time planetary observer Don Parker oh, yeah. down in Florida. Um, and it was really his work that kind of really inspired me to have a serious go at planetary imaging in particular because I'd always been captivated by the planets, even even observing visually. Uh, and I remember seeing Don's images in, in the 90s and just thinking, wow, you know, these are just incredible. I mean, I, I really want to learn how to, you know, take images um you know kind of at least half this good myself and it was really that that kind of uh inspired me on i think don inspired a lot of us that's that's yeah. very true did you ever have the opportunity to meet him i i, I did luckily enough i um i spent a week with him in uh in florida oh. uh, in, t- in 2008 and we got to observe um, from his home on on several nights using his telescopes and yeah it was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He makes quite an impression on you, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he, was a, he was a great character, yeah, funny guy. Yeah, well, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, what kind of equipment do you currently have? Um, at the moment, I've got a couple of Celestron C14 telescopes, uh, and these are the telescopes that I've used pretty much uh, since well, it must be nearly ten, fifteen years now um, exclusively. And they're, they're, they're great telescopes. I've had so many great views through them mm-hmm. uh, of all manner of different objects. 
Um, yeah, they, they they do a really good job in, in capturing detailed images of the planets when, when the seeing conditions are good. Yeah, I saw a photograph, I think you posted it today, of some Celestron boxes that were just delivered yeah. or something. <laughs> What what, yeah. what new toys were you given today? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a CGXL mount um, to have a have a play around with. Um, see what I think of that because I'm going to be doing a, a review of it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, trying it out. Oh, fantastic, fantastic! Looking forward to that. So um, your 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 astro photos, I have to say, are some of the best I've ever seen. And what, have you learned some tricks along the way to get? to where you're at in uh, you're doing your planetary astrophotography yeah yeah absolutely i mean to be honest with you i think the the biggest trick in terms of uh that i've learned is just having an enormous amount of patience in, in what you're doing i think a lot of people really want to get instantaneous success mm-hmm. um, and they might they may see images that they think, oh you know i want to take images <laughs> like that and become maybe a bit disheartened when they kind of first start out. But really the key to it is just sticking at it, asking people for advice. I mean, it's never been easier than it is today to actually ask people for advice and and get feedback. Obviously, when I started it, it was a a lot more difficult. And I remember actually writing people letters (laughs) for for advice. But today it's much, much easier. You have groups online, on Facebook, um, yeah, and that's one of the great things, really, to, about technology today. It's, it's just made it, you know, being able to do astronomy so much easier than, than it was. What what type of imager are you using right now, or do you have a number of different ones? Yeah, I've got I've got a whole variety of, <laughs> of different cameras that that I use, um, and with planetary in particular. I mean. It, the the cameras people use do seem to change quite quickly so the technology is progressing quite rapidly so i mean over the last few years camera technology has has come on quite quite impressive so i mean yeah like i said i've got kind of selection of of different cameras at the moment but you know i have no doubt within the next six months or so that'll change to something else that's true that's true yeah there's there's always advances, and the software too. Yeah, yeah, and the, the software as well is developing equally as rapidly. Um, I mean, it's really the, the advances in camera, camera and software technology that has allowed us to to start taking the, the images that we do today. Yeah. What's 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 your observing plan? Your you know, it, it, how do you plan an observing session for an evening? Um, well, it, it really depends on what I'm intending to capture. So we we plan a tree. Um, it often starts I'll have an idea of what I'm going to be imaging or what I want to image say Jupiter or Saturn or Mars and it generally starts with me checking the scene conditions or checking the forecast of the scene conditions to see um, what I can expect or what the, what the atmosphere might be doing um, so just to get an idea like that and then I'll go out, uh, have a look outside see see what the scene is like um, and it really, it really depends on, on what the scene conditions are doing. So when I do observe at home, or, or even overseas as well, um, I generally, it all depends. If the scene's good, then I tend to spend a lot, obviously, a lot of time out there imaging. Um, but if it's not so good, maybe just take a, a few sets of data and call it a night. Okay. Um, you, uh, 
you, you worked at, you said you worked overseas. You did some time at the Pictou Media Observatory. Yeah, yeah. Um, last year we uh, did an observing campaign using the one meter telescope at Pictou Midi. Um, and I was part of a group of uh, six or seven people. And yeah, we spent several days there um, observing Jupiter and Saturn primarily using the uh, the one meter telescope, which was yeah fa a fantastic experience. How did you get involved with that? Um, it was via a, uh, a friend who uh, works uh, as part of the um, Astronomical Society of France, and also uh, Europlanet, um, uh, an organisation uh, in Europe. And we basically decided to organise a mission to the observatory for a group of experienced planetary observers and it, it, it uh, all came about like i say th through that really we just uh, decided to do it and um yeah it was, it was a fantastic success and we we do hope to do more in the future now what objects did you photograph while you were there um as i say it was primarily jupiter and saturn as they they were um really nicely placed okay. during our stay we also had a look at um uh, Neptune uh, and Uranus as well, so yeah, it was uh, yeah the, a, a really interesting uh, and fascinating experience. I believe one of your photographs of Saturn made worldwide coverage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. I think we we did achieve perhaps some of the the sharpest ground based planetary images ever taken during during that stay, um, which was. Yeah, I mean, we, we just really hit the jackpot in terms of weather as well because we were only there for a relatively short time. Um, so we got really lucky with the weather and seeing. It was it was clear for all, all the nights we were there. Uh, and we did manage to capture some really exceptional seeing conditions, which, of course, the peak to midi is, is renowned for. Right. I remember seeing that photograph. It came across my Twitter feed, and I, I work for NASA, so I thought it was one of ours. <laughs> went, oh, what spacecraft took this picture? And I saw your name, and I'm like, Oh my God! It was—it just—it knocked my socks off. It's really an amazing photograph of Saturn. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the images we managed there really inspired us to kind of, you know, try and do, try and do more trips there because the telescope is isn't really utilized enough to to be you know to take these kind of images. It should be being utilized more to do this kind of work because obviously you can see the the results it can produce are, are really exceptional. Yeah, what is the process for making an image like that? Well, I mean, for the for the images at the Peak du Midi, we, we basically observed pretty much all night, um, and it involved just taking images through different filters, so infrared, red, green, and blue filters, um, uh, and just imaging over the course of a long period of time. Now, when uh, you say imaging, you mean like videos, right? And yeah, yeah, and then stacking yeah. them together. Okay, I just for some of our listeners that might not know how 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 this works. That's... Yeah, that's right. It's basically recording uh, video sequences, and yeah, it's just recording video sequences in different filters, um, uh, and you just do that for uh, maybe a few hours, and over the course of any session, the seeing varies, and you always end up with maybe a few sets of data that that are better than the rest, mm -hmm. and those are the ones you generally process up into final images. What kind of software do you use? Do you like Registax or? Yeah, I mean, Registax is part of the workflow for processing. Um, also, AutoStack at three, um, and of course, uh, Photoshop as well. 
And it is primarily those three pieces of software that are involved in, in processing the images. Okay. And the, the processing, how long does that take? Uh, it varies to as with as to how much data you have. Um, obviously, if you've got a lot of data, it, it takes a, a, a good while, some hours to go through it all. Um, typically, you could spend easily several hours of time on just one one night's worth of data, perhaps even longer. Hmm. That's interesting. And you said you plan on going back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're hoping to, uh, to to do some more trips there. That's in the future, um, hopefully, it might be possible to do one um, this year for Mars opposition. Oh, that would be fantastic! Yeah, I saw your photographs that you're doing now, and what's what's Mars like? Four and a half seconds arc. Yeah, yeah it's just it's, it's far. <laughs> it's tiny, but you're really coming up with some great images. And those were done with your 14. Um, the the recent images that I've done on Mars have been uh, taken remotely using uh, a one meter ah. telescope located oh. in Chile. Oh, really? Yeah. So you have you have access to remote observatories. Yeah, yeah. I've I've used uh, quite a few remote observatories uh, in recent times, but uh, it's only recently that it's been possible to actually do planetary imaging uh, remotely. Okay, that's great. So, uh, I take it your astrophotography career kind of took a bump in the last few years. With, with, yeah. With with uh, recognition and things like that. Um. Yeah. I can't. I guess. I guess. To, to a degree, perhaps. I mean, I'd say probably over the last seven or eight years, yeah. I've been very, very active with regards to planetary imaging. So uh, I've been heavily involved, you know, over the last decade with, with regards to planetary imaging specifically. Um, but, yeah, I think particularly in in recent times with social media having, mm-hmm. you know, taken off in su- such a huge way, um, it, it does help promote, um, you know, promote your work uh, to a to a wider audience. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what, what's, what's your day job? I'm uh, I work by day as uh, an electronics engineer. Oh, really? So, yeah, I do. Um, uh, as I say, all, all, all manner of different things with regards to uh, electronic stuff. So, yeah, that d- does have some uh, help with regard to uh, my astronomical. Uh, Interests, and it's worth mentioning. Actually, it's amazing the number of people that I've actually met uh, over my career that are involved in electronics in some way and astronomy. Really? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've met a huge number of people. Huh. Well, it's, it's probably the group you hang out with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. That's wild. So, what do you see in your future? Um. Well, this this year is definitely quite an exciting one, Mars. obviously, because Mars reaching its it's closest, and I think a lot of people, including myself, have been waiting for this opposition for for a long time. Um, so we're all keeping our fingers crossed uh, that the Martian dust stays firmly on the surface. Uh, I remember back; I don't. It was I think it was in the seventies <laughs> or eighties that there was a dust storm yeah. that just engulfed the planet. It was like really. <laughs> I'm really keeping my fingers crossed that we. We, I mean, some localized dust storms would be good, but I'm really hoping a, a global storm doesn't kick off, as that would, I think that would, uh, that would be very, very unfortunate. That would be yeah. for, uh, for all of this. Hoping to capture detailed images of the of the surface features. So, um, but yeah, that's really that's really the main focus for for this year. Are you planning on traveling for uh, the opposition? Yeah, yeah, I will. I'm definitely going to be uh, traveling for that. As I say, I'm not 
we haven't actually got anything arranged at the moment at peak to midi but we'll, we'll see what happens there but i'll definitely be going to to barbados for uh, a couple of weeks around uh, the opposition period barbados what? yeah nice that's a yeah. that's, that's, I have fun there too huh yeah that's the uh, one of my telescopes lives there permanently oh. um so i i often um, i usually travel there at least once or twice a year to uh, to observe the planets as the uh, the seeing conditions there are uh, exceptionally good. Hmm. And along with the planet, so you also are doing a lot of comet photography. Yeah, yeah. Over over the last several years, I've I've done a huge amount of uh, comet related imaging as well, which is something that I've uh, another interest that I've uh, kind of become heavily involved in. But it's re- it's really only um, I mean the majority of the work I do on comets is all done with remote telescopes oh. so i'm not unfortunately fortunate i'm not fortunate enough uh, to to live somewhere where the skies are really dark and transparent True. so um uh, doing really high quality work here at home would be uh frustrating to say the least i think uh when it comes to comets so again with the, with the access you have these days on the internet with regards to remote systems all around the world you know, it's possible to do all kinds of uh, of different things, and yeah, over the last several years, I've taken probably as many comet images as, as I have planetary images. Yeah, I've seen quite a few of those on the internet. They're pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's um, like I say, something I've uh, you know re- really given quite a lot of time to over in the uh, in recent years. And 2018 is going to be a good year for comets as well. So that's yeah, yeah, they'll have, have a lot of targets. Yeah, I mean, 20, 2017 was fairly, I mean, really was, I guess, fairly quiet in terms of brighter comets. Right. Um, this year started quite well. I was obviously, we've, uh, it, recently we've had um, C2016 R2, uh, C2, R2 pan stars, mm-hmm. or was it D2 pan stars? Um, it's, uh, which has been a really nice comet, um, currently located in Taurus. Um, it's shown some really nice activity, a really vivid blue colour. Uh, a lovely tail is developed as well. Um, so uh, yeah, I've been imaging that uh, recently, um, uh, and as I say, it's been uh, turned out to be a really surprisingly uh, picturesque object. I don't think anyone was really expecting it to show the uh, activity it has. Yeah, that you have one photograph of the tail. It's just really sweeping, and you know, it's got all sorts of intricate yeah. detail in it. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, like I say, it's really shown some quite uh, exceptional uh, activity, um, far beyond what what people expected. I think. Well, this is great, Damon. Do you have anything else you'd like to uh, add? No, no, no. I think uh, I think we've pretty much uh, covered uh, covered everything. Okay. Well, how can everybody get a hold of you? Um, well, they can uh, visit my website at damianpeach.com. That's uh, I mean, all the information, images, everything you everything you want to know pretty much is is there. Um, and also, um, there are links to my Facebook and, and Twitter there, which are updated usually a couple of times a week with with new images. So, yeah, they're the uh, the primary ways to uh, find out more. Great. Well, Damien, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Okay, you're very welcome. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. I again want to thank Damian Peach for coming on and 
talking with us today. We upload new episodes of The Observer's Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review it. I really appreciate it. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud. The link is in the show notes. If you like the podcast and you want to help support it, you can donate to it via Patreon. You can give as little as a dollar a month. For up to $35 a month, you'll receive a year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I really want to thank the producer of this podcast, Steve Seidentop, for his continued generous support. The link for Patreon, as well as the link for the ALPO, is available in the show notes. You can contact me via email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at ObserversNBPod. If you're interested in joining the ALPO, membership begins at only $14 a year. You can find out more at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And we're also on the Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy up there on top in the search field, and you'll find the organization. And the podcast also has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. The ALPO is an international organization devoted to the study of the sun, moon, planets, asteroids, meteors, and comets. Our goals are to stimulate, coordinate, and generally promote the study of these bodies using methods and instruments that are available within the communities of both amateur and professional astronomers. Until next time, my hope is you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.